never remain free if they are not willing, if need be, to fight for their vital interests. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problems. <laughs> government is the problem. Praise Yahweh and pass the ammunition. Restoration Hour with Pastor Eli James. Problem? What problem? We don't have any problems. <laughs> okay, well, obviously we know that the world has gone completely haywire. Uh... Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just got a message. Uh, and the answer seven is no, I haven't tried it. So uh, maybe it's uh, worth a try. Because uh, uh, I'm still experiencing uh, nasal congestion from this uh, dag, do- doggone, <laughs> doggone gut issue that I've got. Uh, leaky gut. And... Uh, I've been controlling it with diet, but today I've got an especially bad case, although it's uh, it's not as bad now as it was a couple of hours earlier. It seems to go away when I fast, but I didn't fast today. I had some sauerkraut and beef uh, and beef hot dogs, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I'll try that, Seven. It's a good suggestion. That's a real good suggestion. And I know exactly where to get it. <laughs> okay. All right. But today we're going to talk about primarily hemp oil and uh, how it uh, has been suppressed. It's also called industrial hemp. How it has been suppressed by the petroleum industry. But first, uh, let's talk about these military uh whistleblowers who say that cancer miscarriages and heart disease are all up 300% following COVID injection mandates. And of course, we've been reporting on this on various, uh, there's the, uh, what do you call it, the uh, crematorium industry is going gangbusters. And the funeral business is going gangbusters. And insurance companies are having to pay out record number of payouts for deaths, unexpected deaths, this year, following all of the COVID jabs last year. So it's pretty obvious what's going on. And, of course, you have to follow. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to follow. The, uh, the trends of alternative media, not mass media. Mass media has nothing to offer us, absolutely nothing. So anyway, and, and this is another subject here by Ethan Huff. Again, the title is Military Whistleblowers Say Cancer, Miscarriages, and Heart Disease Are All Up 300% Following COVID Injection Mandates. Now, they weren't really mandates. They were just arm-twisting suggestions, right? Okay, by Ethan Huff, dated uh, November 1st, 2022. Three doctors in the armed forces have decided to blow the lid on the United States military's open deception concerning the negative outcome of Wuhan coronavirus, otherwise known as COVID-19, vaccination on American troops. And we reported uh, they're one of the worst hit is because they're a captive audience and they hardly can refuse unless they want to leave the military, uh, lose their pension, all, and all that kind of stuff. They have to find a job. Anyway, according to the three whistleblowers, medical building code data captured by the Defense Medical Epidemiology Database, DM, DMED, which is run by the Department of Defense, shows that rates of miscarriage, myocarditis, cancer, Bell's palsy, female infertility, and many other health conditions are up big time. Yeah, way over 2020 and 2021. 
Cancer rates are particularly concerning, they say, as the normal average number of new cases per year is about 38,700 based on the time period from 2016 to 2020. In 2021, after Operation Warp Speed was launched, however, the number of new cancer cases that year rose 114,645 because, you know, cancer is essentially a disease of toxicity and uh, it loves anaerobic uh, environment which toxicity will create an anaerobic environment in your body and it loves sugar so if you got cancer you probably got an anaerobic uh, gut and you're probably eating way too much sugar let's continue or uh, fast foods that all contain sugar and Processed carbohydrates, anything that comes in a box like uh, macaroni and cheese, that's going to have all kinds of sugar and glyphosate and all kinds of toxins because anything that comes in a box is going to be poisonous. So uh, very rare that it won't be. And the same goes for cans, canned goods, but not as much. At least there, you know, you could get stuff like beans and meat which aren't normally, uh, you know, conducive to, you know, what the uh, uh, processed carbohydrates are. Anyway, I may even have to give up beer. (laughs) All right. Okay. The Armed Forces Health Surveillance Branch, I don't like that word surveillance, runs a DMED, which it describes as a web-based tool to remotely query de-identified active component personnel, now, what does that mean, de-identified? If you've identified somebody, why would you bother to de-identify them unless they're dead, right? Or are no longer available for surveillance? De-identified active component personnel and medical event data contained within the Defense Medical Surveillance System, the DMSS. The database contains every international classification of diseases, medical billing code for all medical diagnoses submitted by the military for medical insurance billing. Reports explain. Related. Remember at the launch of Operation Warp Speed when Dr. Sara Beltran Ponce, MD, suffered a horrific miscarriage right after getting jabbed for the Chinese flu. Right. Well, so did a lot of other people. So did Tiffany Dover. Neurological issues up 1,000% in military following Operation Warp Speed. The three military whistleblowers in question are Samuel Sigaloff, Peter Chambers, and Teresa Long. Attorney Thomas Rentz, that's R-E-N-Z, issued sworn statements from these three to the courts as part of a major lawsuit. During the first 10 months of 2021, Rentz says miscarriages alone rose by 300% in the military. His hope is that the suit will lead to an end for COVID jab mandates in the military. Senator Ron Johnson is also involved, having recently hosted COVID-19, a second opinion, a live stream discussion panel featuring numerous world-renowned doctors and medical experts who offered a much different take on the scamdemic and how the government handled it. Yeah, well, the resistance is growing for sure, but we don't have any money compared to the Rothschild and the Rockefellers, Bill Gates and big government, CDC, etc., World Economic Forum, the uh, World Health Organization, so-called, right? None of these people are remotely concerned with health. They're all concerned with dictatorship. Senator Ron Johnson, Republican Wisconsin, is also involved, having recently hosted... Oh, I'm sorry. that He's the one who hosted it. Okay. On February 1 of this year, Johnson wrote a letter to the U.S. Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. In it were the findings from a roundtable on COVID jab injuries and deaths, including data showing a tenfold increase in neurological issues post-operation warp speed. Johnson also revealed the following increases in other health conditions following the mandate of COVID injections in the military. And of course, 
what goes with the military goes with the civilian world too. I'm sure the statistics are pretty much the same. And here they are. Uh, bullet points. One, hypertension. 2,181% increase. Bullet point number two, nervous system disorders. 1,048% increase. Bullet point number three, malignant neoplasms of esophagus. Oh, man, that sounds bad. 894% increase. Multiple sclerosis, 680% increase. Malignant neoplasms of digestive organs. Now, that's going to give you indigestion for sure. 624% increase. So, uh, 624% is 6.24 times greater. Okay. Julian Barr syndrome, 551% increase. Breast cancer. 487% 487% increase. Demyelinating, 487% increase. And that's uh, losing the myelin sheath around your nerves. That's going to give you, well, they are already listed multiple sclerosis. But it turns out that your collagen uh, really is just about you know, universal throughout your body, not just uh, surrounding your nerves, but other organs of your body. Anyway. Malignant neoplasms of thyroid and other endocrine glands, 474%. Female infertility, 472%. Pulmonary embolism, 468%. Migraines, 452%. Ovarian dysfunction, 437%. Testicular cancer, 369%. Tachycardia. Not sure what that means. 302%. Between the years of 2016 and 2020, there were 1,499 codes for miscarriage reported each year. From January through October 2021, not even a full year, there were an astounding 4,182 miscarriages logged into the system. During his panel, Johnson further made note that it appears myocarditis rates are being doctored by the government. I think we're still talking only about military people here. Back in August 2021, it was shown in the codes that myocarditis diagnoses were up 2,800%. That's 28 times. This month, however, it is now listed as only 200% higher. Oh, really? It it just dropped from August to September? Uh, I don't believe that. Okay. Oh, from uh, it was from October, so it dropped from October to November, from twenty eight hundred percent to two hundred percent. Something is amiss here. Quote: There appears to be doctoring of the data. Yeah. Now my staff has already sent. This morning we sent a record preservation letter to the Department of Defense to try and protect this data. Unquote. Well. I could I could see that the American military is trying very hard to kill Americans. Quote, our soldiers are being experimented on, injured, and sometimes possibly killed, he added in a statement. The latest injury and death counts associated with Fauci flu, flu shots can be found at chemicalviolence.com. So that's the update on the big old shot that we have been warning people never to take. And we continue giving that advice. Never take it at all, okay? So a couple of items here. I've had really great difficulty getting this hemp story. I finally did get one document to post in the chat room. I had to go to DuckDuckGo to get uh, the article that would actually post in the chat room. I'll I'll refer to that later. But this item is from an email sent to me by William, and it's entitled, Industrial Hemp is Not Just Another Agricultural Plant. Okay, it says, forwarded from Sovereign Redneck Renegade, whoever that is, okay? Maybe, Maybe he has a website, or it, she has a website. I doubt that it is a redneck is going to be transgender. Anyway, 
The year is 1914. The years of World War I and farmers growing hemp in exchange for U.S. dollars. Keep this in mind and keep reading. Industrial hemp is not just another agricultural plant. It is the antidote to oil and the dollar. Not that that we really need an antidote to oil, but, you know, competition is always good. It's better than solar or electric, as we discussed last night on Yahweh's Covenant People, how horrible those two forms of quote-unquote alternative energy are doing and what, uh, what harm they actually do to the environment. Anyway, question. How is hemp banned? One, one acre of hemp produces as much oxygen as 25 acres of forest. That's fantastic. Again, one acre of hemp can produce as much paper as four acres of trees. Uh, should we, we be running around in acres of hemp instead of trees? Well, hemp, uh, yeah, p- put your p- put your tablecloth into a field of hemp, hemp and have a picnic. Number three, while hemp can be turned into paper eight times... Wood can be made into paper three times. And of course, our U.S. Constitution was written on hemp paper. Four, hemp grows in four months, wood in 20 to 50 years. Now, that's quite advantageous. Five, cannabis is a real radiation trap. Oh, I think I'll start wearing that around my neck. Six, Cannabis can be grown anywhere in the world and needs little water because it keeps insects away. It doesn't need pesticides either. Come on now. This sounds like Yahweh's perfect plant. Seven, if textiles made with hemp are generalized, the pesticide industry could disappear completely. I think he really means popularized. Number eight, The first genes were made with hemp. Even the word canvas is the name given to hemp products. Sounds very much like cannabis, doesn't it? (laughs) Anyway, hemp is also an ideal plant for containing ropes, laces, purses, shoes, and hats. So, continuing, this is number nine. Reduces the effects of chemotherapy and radiation in the treatment of cannabis, AIDS, and cancer. It is used in at least 250 diseases such as rheumatism, heart epilepsy, heart disease, epilepsy, asthma, stomach conditions, insomnia, psychological problems for spinal stiffness. 10. The protein value of hemp seeds is very high. And the two fatty acids they contain are nowhere else in nature. Wow. Hemp is even cheaper to produce than soy. Number 12, animals fed by cannabis cannabis don't need hormonal supplements. (laughs) Okay. 13, all plastic products can be made with hemp. And hemp plastic is very easy to return to nature. 14, If the body of a car is made of hemp, it will be ten times stronger than steel. Whoa! Sounds unbelievable. Number 15. It can also be used to insulate buildings. It is durable, but man, if that building catches fire, the whole neighborhood is going to get high. It is durable, cheap, and flexible. 16. Soaps and cosmetics made with hemp do not pollute the water. So they are totally environmentally friendly. Are there more? (laughs) This is only 16. I'll bet there's even more benefits to hemp. In 18th century America, production was mandatory and farmers who didn't produce them were jailed. But now the situation has been turned on its head. Why? W.R. Hearst, that is William Randolph Hearst, owned newspapers, magazines, and media in the United States from the 1900s. 
They had forests and made paper. If paper was made with hemp, he could have lost millions. Or he could have sold the trees for lumber instead of made paper out of them. Rockefeller was the richest man in the world, had an oil company, bio, oh, had an oil company, period. Biofuel, hemp oil, was of course his biggest enemy. Next, Mellon was one of the leading shareholders in the DuPont Company and had a patent to manufacture plastics from oil products. And the cannabis industry threatened its market. Mellon later became President Hoover's Secretary of the Treasury. Those big names we were talking about decided in their meetings that cannabis was the enemy, and they removed it. They did the same to alcohol later. Through the media, they engraved marijuana into people's brains as a toxic drug, along with the word marijuana. Cannabis drugs were taken off the market, replaced by the chemical drugs used today. Forests are cut down to produce paper. Plague, poisoning, and cancer are on the rise. (laughs) And then we fill our world with plastic waste, harmful waste. Courtesy of Luke, Luke, VDF, Christians. So, I mean, it sounds like a panacea for all the world's problems, doesn't it? Too good to be true? Let's go to the next item here. Okay, hemp oil. And I think we got this link in the chat room finally here. This is from Go Green with Hemp, PSF, or SF, sorry, GoGreenWithHempSF.com. This website will provide complete and comprehensive information on industrial hemp and all products that can be made from hemp, including but not limited to CBD. Hemp can completely replace petroleum. Here's how. That's the title of the article. Let's get to it. With our country having well over 30 million miles of roads to drive on and the amount of people we have driving on them, we should be thinking about how industrial hemp can replace petroleum. That's not going to happen very soon, folks. Although, if you have a press in your backyard or a still, (laughs) remember the good old days when farmers uh, distilled their own alcohol? I don't know if they distilled it from hemp, but certainly from corn, otherwise known as rot gut, we all know or should know by now that the petroleum fuels are very harmful to our environment and our own health, which leads me to wondering why we as consumers have not demanded a safer fuel by now. Well, nobody told us that there's a safer alternative, right? You're hearing it here at Eurofolk Radio. You'll never hear this from the Rothschild-controlled media. The technology for making biofuels is not new at all. As a matter of fact, the very first diesel engine invented by Rudolf Diesel was made to run on peanut oil that he made as well. He displayed his invention at the World Exhibition in Paris in 1900. That's well over 100 years ago. Sure is. Instead of using fuels made of vegetables, we somehow ended up with petroleum-based fuel instead. Big money in the wrong hands can create very evil things, is all I can say. That being said, we should take a look at what types of fuel can be created using industrial hemp. Also, we should consider how safe they are to store and the effects of the emissions put off by using them. All of this will be covered in this article. Question. Hemp diesel? Really? (laughs) Yes, you can make diesel fuel from hemp just like any vegetable or nut. I am not a scientist at all, but I don't have to be to say that we should be using a renewable resource that is not invasive to our planet to make our fuel from. Biodiesel is the only type of alternative fuel that can run conventional, unmodified diesel engines without creating issues. It is just as biodegradable as sugar and less toxic than salt, so it can be stored anywhere and is very safe to transport. 
Petroleum fuels cannot make these claims. The flash point for this fuel is 300 degrees versus petroleum's 125 degree flash point. This fuel is 11% oxygen by weight and has absolutely no sulfur in it. Using this fuel can extend the life of your diesel engine because it is more lubricating than its petroleum counterpart. I was surprised to find that you could just dump hemp oil into your diesel tank just the way it comes from the press. <laughs> Maybe you could uh, roll up your, your newspaper from the kosher press and burn that. I would have thought there had to be more processing involved. No, I've, I've heard you could use used cooking oil, and your uh, your diesel engine will burn that too. I got my information from Canopy Corporation, changed ownership. They are a company that is dedicated to developing industrial hemp in all aspects. They are involved with developing hemp in many ways, including foods, bio, biofuels, plastics, construction materials and phytochemical studies and productions. Yeah, some of the synthetic you know, uh, lumber is getting really good. It's, and it's mainly waterproof. Excuse me for one second. While the biodiesel is made from the seed of the plant, ethanol is made from the stalk fermenting. Through gasification, acid hydrolysis, and enzyme processes, hemp can be made into ethanol and methanol. Yeah, that's a mouthful for me to say it ten times real fast, but it can be made into ethanol. All joking aside, this fuel is a wonderful replacement for ethanol. You will not need to modify your vehicle's gas engine at all to use it either. Hemp beats out corn in making methanol. It can make 10 times more than corn. Corn is the leader in biofuels right now, but industrial hemp is a much better source and can be grown without the use of pesticides. Well, let me go out and make a factory right now. This is good news to our poor honeybees that are dying off at rapid rates due to pesticides. We all know that the petroleum fuels are putting carbon monoxide into our air at rapid rates. Well, biofuels like industrial help will hemp help to maintain the natural balance of the Earth's natural O2 and CO2 levels. Not that CO2 is even a problem. That's all hyped up. With the new laws being passed legalizing the use of industrial hemp, it in turn it gives the right to grow hemp back to the American farmers. Hope it's not too little too late. Industrial hemp could very well become the new fuel of the world, not to mention all the other products that can be made with this wonderful plant. Lamp oils. Using oil lamps is an old school thing, of course. But did you know that hemp seed oil can be used as lamp oil as well? Our Declaration of Independence and Constitution of the United States was drafted on hemp paper. And more than likely, the oil used to fuel the lamp for for, for light was hemp oil. It is said to illuminate a room better than any other lamp oil. And the cook-off is probably a lot more pleasant than other oils as well. Well, I guess it's like uh, <laughs> cannabis smoke, right? Used with a hemp wick, it was probably a cleaner burning combination than what is used now. My mom used oil lamps when I was a kid. She kept them around for the power outages and whatnot. I have no clue what was in the oils we burned freely in our living room and bedrooms. I can bet you my whole paycheck that it was not hemp oil, and we did not have the hemp wicks either. I do know that when set close to a wall, the smoke turned the walls black, right, and the ceilings too. Lubricants. I have been searching for a motor oil made from hemp seed, and so far I have not found one. I keep getting turned back to the biodiesel. Hemp oil is said to be more lubricating in the engine than petroleum fuels. I will keep up my research on this one. So, folks, <laughs> it's time to go and get all this hemp production going. We need it. It looks like it's going to solve all the world's problems, except for the deep state. Okay? and They don't want this, obviously. Okay.
Okay, so we are all adults here. Did you know that they are making lubrication for sex <laughs> from hemp seed oil? <laughs> no, I didn't know that, but I know it now. Apparently, this has been in practice for some time now. In past years, it was combined with animal fat to create sexual lubricants. Honestly, I had no clue whatsoever. <laughs> the reviews I read say it is slippery. It does not get that sticky feeling that other lubricants leave you with. Rather, it leaves your skin smooth and almost silky. Well, that's a good thing. With no odors to mingle with our natural aroma. Then there are the health and beauty lotions and oils made from hemp as well. These lotions claim to not only soften the skin, but also to be a naturally anti-aging agent as well. As to which this I could say, I love my hemp lotion and after shower bath oil. I get compliments on how young I look all the time. I am 45 years young and very proud of every year of it. Most women are ashamed and or embarrassed of their age. Not me. Hemp really can do everything petroleum can. It looks like way a lot more. Yes, it can. Industrial hemp can be used in every single aspect of our lives. That is how versatile hemp is. It can do everything that wood, cotton, and petroleum can do combined. Even cotton, eh? Very interesting. It is beginning to make so much sense as to why the competitors felt the need to shut down the growth and production of industrial hemp. Hemp was just too well-known, too reliable and renewable, and had way too many uses for them to compete with. Thank heavens, times are changing. People across the world are starting to see through the lies we have been blinded with for so many years. The world being told that hemp and marijuana are dangerous to our society and mankind as a whole. That's just poppycock. <laughs> That's just the biggest crock I have ever heard. Anyway, whereas these competitors of industrial hemp used lies and fear to get the public to stop using industrial hemp, I want to persuade people to use it with the truth. I do my research to find facts. One fact that I have found is that the 100% hemp car, supposedly built by Henry Ford, isn't quite all the stories claim. All right, so Henry Ford not only built an ethanol car, a car that runs on ethanol, he apparently built a car that is made of hemp. Firstly, it is not 100% hemp. There are many other materials that were used as well, and the car was never finished. Not saying anything bad here, I just don't want people to be misled. I want people to make a clear and honest decision about using industrial hemp. Hemp. I don't know why I keep on saying help instead of hemp. Not one filled with myths and lies. In recent times, there has been a car body that is made of 100% hemp that also runs on hemp fuel. Well, if you can make a car body out of plastic, you can make it out of hemp, right? Jay Leno drove it on his show, Jay Leno's Garage. This car body is said to be more durable than any car on the market today and lighter as well. And, uh, uh, more durable than steel, even? I think they made that claim earlier. This vehicle was made by Bruce Dietzen, a retired Dell executive. Bruce created this car in 2017 and named it Renew. Bruce was inspired by Ford's hemp vehicle creation and took it a step further. He drives his. I am fascinated with every search that I do on industrial hemp and its uses. I encourage everyone to do some research on this topic. I am sure you will be quite stunned as to what you will find as well. I would love to hear what you think on this topic and the general theme of my page. Please feel free to enter a comment and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Thank you as always. Stacy Fortson, F-O-R-T-S-O-N. Go green with hemp. All right, I want to see a picture of your face to prove that your skin is really as smooth as you say it is, Stacy. I'm a skeptic. Let's have a look at some of these comments here. Greg Cook says, 
Thanks for that great article. I had no idea that hemp had so many uses, especially petroleum products. I think you might have the solution to the world's energy problems. Why is it more widely used is my question. The only answer I can think of is that the big oil companies will be doing everything they can to keep this quiet, like they have with other fuel sources over the years. And, of course, Big Pharma doesn't want uh, anything changed as well. Okay. They use petroleum products, too. This needs as much publicity as possible, so it's good that you are building this website to get information out there. Thanks for educating me on this great work. And then Stacy replies, Greg, much obliged. I feel that this is a very important topic, and I wish I could shout it from the rooftops. I'm glad I could help inform you about the possibilities with hemp. This plant is really a super plant for sure. You will be surprised to find out that until the late 1930s, hemp was widely used by the whole world. Almost all paper and a lot of fabrics were made from hemp. Hemp fuel was created to run the very first diesel engine invented by Rudolf Diesel. We never needed fossil fuels in the first place. That's a slap in the face for most people right there. Agreed. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. All right, this other article is exactly the same, so it's from a different uh, browser. So let me see what else we can find here. And is this, uh, there are several articles on hemp replacing petroleum. Okay. Oil versus cannabis. Why? Marijuana became illegal and still is today. Okay, well, it's getting it's getting more and more illegal. I guess the big pharma and the oil companies, they probably bought up <laughs> all the <laughs> hemp farms. Is, is that what Bill Gates is doing in Michigan, buying up all the hemp farms? I don't doubt it. Okay, so there's the link. All right. Oil versus Cannabis, Why Marijuana Became Illegal and Still Is Today by Dr. David Behrman. I am a California MD who specializes in pain management, harmful, oh, harm reduction, and medical cannabis. May 30th, 2017. Updated. Oh, okay. Same date. The sins of past presidents are visited on the present And when presidents make poor decisions, the odious results can linger for decades. We are still suffering from Richard Nixon's drug policy decisions made in the 1960s. Nixon ignored the advice of both the head of National Institutes of Health, Dr. Stanley Yallis, and National Institute of Mental Health, Deputy Director Dr. Burt Brown. Each of them had recommended that if cannabis were dealt with at all by the federal government, Cannabis use should be treated as a minor problem, equivalent to a parking ticket, deserving of nothing more than a legal infraction. To circumvent the scientists at NIH and NIMH, Nixon set up the National Institute of Drug Abuse, NIDA. NIDA is focused only on drug abuse. As a consequence, NIDA has systematically blocked research designed to study the potential medical benefits of cannabis for treating such maladies as ADD, pain, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, autism spectrum disorder, and cancer. That somewhat distant history came to mind recently while watching MSNBC the night after the U.S. bombing of the Syrian airfield. One of the pundits was former drug czar, retired General Barry McCaffrey, who, according to reporter Seymour Hersh, was a war criminal for his actions in the first Iraq war. Huh. I'll bet there's a a major story there. I'm not familiar with that. Anyway, this led me to thinking how quickly we forgot and discount past governmental transgressions. This seems especially true as it pertains to the Middle East, Frequently, we don't recognize the long-term adverse effects of previous bad policy decisions. This is doubly true when it comes to oil and the Middle East. We rarely contemplate the nexus of oil, the half-century-long mess in the Middle East, 
the Marijuana Tax Act of 1937, and the War on Hemp. The media rarely reminds us that the person responsible for the chaos in the Middle East, the second longest war after the war on drugs, is former President George W. Bush. He and he alone is the one who sent in, set in motion the current dangerous situation. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they sent us, they, <laughs> they had the they had uh, the U.S. military destroy the opium fields, or the poppy fields, I should say. Uh, opium is made from poppies. But now, uh, actually, it, it was the Russians who were doing that, and the Taliban was destroying the, uh, the, the fields, and the military is now harvesting them. Our military is harvesting them. Quote, We rarely contemplate the nexus of oil, the half-century-long mess in the Middle East, the marijuana attacks of 1937, and the war on hemp. The media rarely reminds us that the person responsible for is George W. Bush. This is just being quoted again here. Bush's ill-advised destabilization of the Middle East, created by the U.S. toppling Saddam Hussein, continues to have serious adverse consequences. Ironically, one of the reasons that Donald Trump won the presidency is because in the Republican primary, he could be critical of Bush's war and later attack Hillary Clinton in the general election for voting to support it. In fact, that is also a reason why she lost the 2008 Democratic nomination to Barack Obama, who had always opposed the war. Well, did he really oppose it, or is that just fluff? It seems sad that folks like Bush, Clinton, and McCaffrey get away scot-free from moral responsibility, while hundreds of thousands have died in the Middle East and millions have been displaced due to this U.S.-fueled conflagration, not to mention our support of Israel. We know from well-documented reporting that Bush's Texas oil backers were plotting the war in Iraq even before he was nominated in 2000. We know that the invasion of Iraq was motivated by a desire to protect and have access to the mammoth oil reserves there. Yeah, so we can save all the oil we have for later, right? America has probably the biggest oil reserves on the planet. Anyway, so what does all this oil have to do with marijuana? Well, everything if you're thinking about hemp and hemp ethanol. Many experts surmise with substantial, cir- substantial circumstantial, <laughs> I've never heard that combination before, substantial circumstantial evidence that the petrochemical industry and DuPont in particular was the force behind the Marijuana Tax Act of 1937. DuPont had invented cellophane, made with petroleum, which was about to become standard packaging for most American goods, DuPont feared competition from hemp as a fiber, the first plastic-used plant oils, and competition to synthetic nylon and rayon, other cellulose-based products. William Randolph Hearst, who owned most of the newspapers of the time, also owned paper mills and viewed hemp paper, which requires 75% less sulfides than making paper out of wood pulp, can be grown annually as competition. Rockefeller family of Standard Oil viewed hemp-sourced ethanol as competition. Henry Ford's first Model T was made with hemp oil acrylic skin, hemp upholstery, and ran on hemp ethanol. Wow, I wonder if that Model T still exists. (laughs) I'll bet it's worth kajillions. Maybe it's in the museum, the Ford Museum. Were it not for the Marijuana Tax Act, we would, at the very least, be seeing a line of Ford cars run on biofuel. At the time, DuPont not only made the gasoline additive tetraethyl lead, but was also the number one shareholder of Ford's major competitor, General Motors. Okay, so DuPont is uh, bigger in this area than I realized. The legislation was carried in the House by a frequent DuPont errand boy, Robert Naughton, Democrat North Carolina. With the passage of the Marijuana Tax Act in 1937, we got the marginalization of hemp. Then, in 1970s, with the passage of Nixon's Controlled Substances Act, the federal government provided another tool in the discrimination marginalization toolbox, the launching of a full-fledged war on drugs. Twenty years later, with the presidency of Bill Clinton, 
General McCaffrey, the purported war criminal, was named as the drug czar. Much like the current administration, McCaffrey played fast and loose with the truth. His erroneous comments about the effect of liberal drug laws in the Netherlands is a case in point. Well, they're walking around high all the time, maybe falling in the river (laughs) and the canal (laughs) occasionally, but uh, they're a laid-back society, right? Not too much murder. Alcohol, I think, uh, is far worse abused. But nevertheless, I do not uh, condone getting high. Uh, There's no need to get high. But anyway, uh, and even uh, CBD is going to get you a little high. But uh, yeah, nevertheless, you don't want to be driving after smoking pot. There's no doubt. Same goes for alcohol and other drugs. McCaffrey said that the Netherlands had a higher murder rate than the U.S., and it was due to the then liberal drug laws. In point of fact, the U.S. murder rate was eight times higher than that of the Netherlands. McCaffrey had compared murder to attempted murder. Obviously, two different things. Well, there's still a lot of attempted murder. I guess they're too high to hit the target. When the Dutch objected and officially corrected the statement, McCaffrey never corrected the record and never apologized. That's Jewish, isn't it? Never admit you've done wrong and never apologize. The United States has a long track record of meddling, which has contributed to the distrust internationally. The current problems in the Middle East stem back to the end of World War I and the creation of Iraq. The region contains three distinctly separate groups, Shiite, Sunni, and Kurd. They were artificially merged to form Iraq, creating an unstable situation which we still see today. Similar situation in Israel. (laughs) You have uh, conservative Jews, you have liberal Jews, you have the ultra-Orthodox Jews, etc., etc. They don't get along. But they still have somewhat of a government, which is actually very unstable. <laughs> anyway, we and our allies have been stirring up the Shiite versus Sunni hornet's nest in the Middle East since well before 1992. In the 1950s, we deposed the elected head of the Iranian government and replaced their democratically elected leader, was someone much more favorable to the U.S., the Shah of Iran. Political actions have consequences. Yet we blindly plunge forward with little regard for the lessons of the past. Legalizing all forms of cannabis and producing them in mass could be a great way to establish energy independence and creating jobs for Americans. Were it not for the oil, we might not have such difficulty. Were it not for the Marijuana Tax Act, we almost certainly would have Ford cars running on ethanol. The demand for oil would be less, and we would not have been mired in the second longest war in American history. I thought it was longer than Vietnam already. <laughs> it's, it's not over yet, is it? I don't think it's over yet, folks. It's going to drag out forever because it's it's blended into World War Three, And we know that all wars have always been staged by the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers in order to kill white people. And that is continuing to this day. Absolutely continuing to this day. And we have about 10 minutes left, so let me see if I can find uh, another... Well, there's the Hemp Gazette. Let's see what the Hemp Gazette... The, the, sounds like they ought to be experts, Right? Hemp Gazette. What is industrial hemp? Description and uses. Industrial hemp is an incredibly useful plant, one said to have literally tens of thousands of applications. And we've only covered about 30 or 40 in today's show. Industrial hemp and marijuana are both types of cannabis that are very closely related, but there are some major differences between the plants and how they are generally grown. Okay, so I didn't know that that there's a a major difference between the two plants. Okay. Industrial hemp hemp farmers tend to aim to grow the plants up, not out, as is the case with medicinal cannabis. And the taller, the better when grown for fiber. This is because some of the great value of industrial hemp in fiber-based applications is primarily in its stalk. 
Industrial hemp has also grown at quite high density. Another, okay, so you have fields and fields of hemp, and it, it can replace, what was it, 25 acres of trees? I think we could use the trees, folks, and also, well, the hemp and the trees, because we need more oxygen, and our plants turn carbon dioxide into oxygen. Anyway, another very important difference is industrial hemp has very low levels of tetrahydrocannabinol, THC, an intoxicating compound present in much higher quantities in marijuana. Industrial hemp, legally speaking, generally has less than 1% of THC. The maximum legal level varies between jurisdictions, where plants grown as marijuana produce between 5 to 20% THC. Industrial hemp could grow to 5 meters high with very long fibers. The stem is comprised of the outer bark or bast sought after for textiles. And the inner material called herd, H-U-R-D, which is used for other applications. Another very valuable component of industrial hemp is the seed, which is technically a nut. Industrial hemp is a very hardy plant, able to be grown in areas where other crops will fail. It can withstand periods of drought, heat, and frost, and also be cultivated without pesticides or other chemicals in many instances. Okay, I'm planting my garden right now. However, it can be subject to attack by insect pests. It doesn't have huge water requirements or a great need for ongoing care. The plant grows quite quickly, achieving heights of 4 meters. That's 12 feet, folks. (laughs) In 4 months, okay? I guess the uh, stock is pretty hardy to grow that tall without ropes to hold it up, I don't know. Okay, so the many uses of industrial hemp. hemp. The plant is easy to work with and can be readily transformed into an amazing array of products and used in a multitude of applications, including, very long list of bullet points here, stock fodder. So I think it means livestock fodder, livestock feed. Animal bedding, so it's just as good as hay, garden mulch, ropes and cordage, fiberboard, insulation, plastics, a form of concrete, (laughs) hempcrete, clothing and textiles, I don't think they include chocolate bars (laughs) in this list. Paper. Restoring fields depleted of nutrients. Cleaning up toxins in contaminated soils. Wow, that's a good one. Maybe it'll get rid of glyphosate. Food for human consumption. Cooking oil. Biofuel. Medicines, particularly cannabidol or cannabidiol, cosmetics and skin care, as the first author we quoted said, it makes her skin soft and smooth. Water filters, how about that? A couple of more headings here. Industrial hemp as a food source. Hemp's potential widespread adoption as food for humans is also very promising. Tell me you can make hamburgers out of it. Hemp seed has high levels of protein, carbohydrates, fiber, vitamins, essential fatty acids, and trace elements. Oil from hemp seed, which can comprise nearly a third of the seed's weight, makes it an ideal source for cooking oil, lighting, and biofuels. Hemp seed oil is also valuable as a component of personal care products such as soaps, conditioners, and lotions. We could have a whole grocery store for just hemp. Hemp as medicine. Another very important application for hemp related to health 
as a cannabinoid called, uh, uh, here it is again, cannabidiol, cannabidiol. While industrial hemp is low in the (laughs) cannabinoid THC, cannabinoid THC, it can contain high levels of cannabidiol. Medicines based on CBD have the potential to be beneficial in helping to manage or treat a number of debilitating conditions. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. As the plant has negligible levels of THC, this can address concerns authorities have of allowing cultivation of its high THC cousin. Hemp may also contain other therapeutically beneficial cannabinoids. And don't repeat that other word again, please. And terpenes, spelled T-E-R-P-E-N-E-S, terpenes. And research is ongoing and picking up pace. Well, sounds like it, it will be a, a solvent, an industrial solvent, like turpentine, right? Hemp, unfairly targeted. Industrial hemp is one of nature's wonders, unfairly vilified due to it being associated with the illicit use of marijuana. Well, that didn't, uh, that didn't change alcohol, did it? Hemp used to be the one of the world's most popular crops. Even in the USA, farmers were encouraged by the government to grow it. In 1942, the U.S. government released a film entitled Hemp for Victory. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Uh, You can make tanks from it. Outlining the various uses of the plant and urging the nation's agricultural sector to cultivate as much of it as they could as part of war efforts. But when the war was over, they had a different plan, right? Hemp's troubles began with the powerful cotton industry, which, feeling threatened by the superior crop, lobbied for its ban based pretty much on the also unfounded reputation its uh, its cousin had, namely pot. That legacy still haunts him today, with its cultivation banned in some countries. So, folks, it's a conspiracy. The great irony of the legal mess concerning industrial hemp has been hemp produces hemp products often weren't banned in countries whereas cultivation was. Meaning consumers in those countries were spending millions on importing products that could be made from locally grown hemp, like in your backyard. Even more perplexing were situations such as in Australia, where up until late 2017, most hemp products could be imported but not hemp seed for food. Yet, poppy seeds could still be purchased at the local supermarket. Well, yeah, poppy seed strudel. My mother used to make that all the time. Great stuff. One of the many myths about the legalizing of hemp cultivation is that those growing it will be able to hide the more potent marijuana amongst it. However, the intoxicating variety needs a great deal of space and is easy to pick. The other argument about high THC, marijuana pollinating hemp, and creating a higher THC hemp is null and void. This simply doesn't happen. In fact, cross-pollination will result in lower THC marijuana. Okay? So, folks, that's the hemp report right here at Eurofolk Radio. And as uh, I may have forgotten to announce at the beginning of the show, I put it in the chat room. I'm only doing a one-hour show on Restoration Hour until I can solve my sinusitis issues, which are related, of course, to uh, my leaky gut syndrome, which I've been trying all kinds of gut cleanses, and none of them really seem to work. And so and I will try what uh, Seven uh, suggested, and uh, maybe even some hemp oil. <laughs> <laughs> hemp oil might even work, right? Whatever works, folks. So please pray for me that I find a solution to this problem quick because it's getting annoying. Thank you. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. See you tomorrow. Right here at Your Folk Radio for Bloodlines. Take care, everybody. Yahweh bless. Bye-bye. Free people will never remain free if they are not willing, if 
need be to fight for their vital interests. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Praise The Restoration Hour with Pastor Eli James.